And I'm Candy Washington, and I'm the founder of 1214 Media Productions, where we create inspiring content across TV, film, digital, and publishing platforms. We have a weekly iHeartRadio podcast called Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, and that just gives really actionable, relatable insights on how to love yourself more and really just step into that empowered version of yourself. We've published four books, all have been rooted in self-care and wellness. And we also executive produced and wrote a film called Narcissist that was about social media and its effects on mental health. And you can watch that on Amazon Prime and also on SoFi TV. Which I watched yesterday and it was... I'm not going to say relatable, like God forbid, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. I, I connected to the themes. It's something that people need to watch. And if they, it's just good stuff. You hit the nail on the head. Thank you. But we wanted to talk about codependency and your experience with it because you yes. seem to have a lot of insight on it. And please, please share. Tell us your journey with codependency. Yes. So I didn't realize I was codependent until I was in my, uh, I'm in my twenties. So until adulthood, really, Mm -hmm. when I was struggling with saying no, I would get a pit in my stomach when I had to say no to someone, whether it was a friend, a coworker, a boss in relationships, I really struggled with honoring myself and just having the ability to say no to people, I felt that they would abandon me or leave me or think that I was too much or think that I was being selfish or just wouldn't want to, wouldn't want to be my friend or wouldn't want to be with me if I Mm -hmm. set boundaries. So I had a really hard time setting boundaries with people, saying no, and really advocating for myself. And what I learned about being codependent, which is really just putting your value and your worth in the hands of someone else in relationship to how other people see you and view you and value you. Right. And for me, what I realized was that I had learned that my value and my worth and deservingness was performance-based. So I felt that as long as I was doing, showing, performing, providing, Uh, giving to other people, being the best daughter, being the best sister, being the best friend, being the best girlfriend, being the best student, being the best uh, employee or coworker, um, you know, before I became an entrepreneur, that's how, what I got my value from other people's Mm -hmm. approval, other people's um, validation of me. And I had to learn that my value and my worthiness and my deservingness and my worth comes from me. It comes from within. It's intrinsic value. I don't have to show, do, perform, provide to anyone or anything in order to be lovable and deserving of love. And so that was really my journey was shifting my mindset from I have to prove my value please love me, please like me, please want me to intrinsic value. I am here, therefore I am enough. I am here, therefore I am deserving of love. I am here, therefore I am worthy. I am here, therefore I am valuable. I am here, therefore I deserve respect. And I had to learn how to make myself, my own well-being, my first and best priority, regardless of what anybody thought. And I tell you, when you 
change the dynamic with people. And it's not that people are bad. It's not that right. your friends are bad, your boyfriend's bad, your, your coworker's bad. It's not that they're bad. It's just you truly condition and show people how to treat you. So if you've been operating from a place of, I always say yes, I always give, I ask nothing of you. I have no boundaries. And then you, mm-hmm. and then one day you say, no, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> then one day you push back. Then you say, but what about what I want and need? People are like, whoa, you know, exactly. who do you think you are? Oh, you're getting brand new, you know, all that stuff. So it's, are you watching my life? <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's humanity. It's humanity. <laughs> yeah. That's another thing. When I got on my own journey of, of honestly, at the end of the day, my own journey of self-love because mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have the awareness that I wasn't operating from a place of loving myself. Like I never knew that I had low self-esteem. I never knew I had low self-worth. I never knew I didn't have true confidence. I thought, oh, of course I love myself. Of course I have high self-esteem. What are you talking about? But I didn't understand that how can I truly love myself? How can I truly honor myself? How can I truly know my worth if I'm constantly putting the needs and wants of other people above my own? How do I, right. how do I truly have self-esteem, self-esteem, if how I feel about me depends on how you feel about me? So true. So I had to really look in the mirror, take accountability and responsibility, not blame not judge, not criticize, not fault Mm -hmm. myself, none of those negative things, but the empowering things, taking accountability, being responsible, creating my own self-awareness and consciousness, and then doing the work to get to the place because it's messy at times. It is hard at times. I was in a place when I used to be, um, you know, codependency, you it's something you, you, you work through. It's just conditioning. So you can recondition yourself. Yeah. Um, it's not a mental illness. It's nothing like that. It's just, it's just conditioning. You were just conditioned one way so you can recondition yourself, but it is a journey. Mm -hmm. And for me, the biggest thing I had to deal with on my journey was boundaries. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm on my journey and I'm like, Oh, boundaries. I, I got this. I can set boundaries. I had to learn what boundaries were, you know, boundaries are basically when you communicate to someone how they can treat you, how they can act around you, and most importantly, what they can expect from you. Because when you don't have clear boundaries, people expect too much, and then you're overgiving, 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 and then you're depleted. But you always have to make sure your cup is full first. And what run is over is for other people. That's why you have boundaries. That's why you say yes. to your boss or your coworker, whatever it is, no, I can't work late unless they're giving Mm -hmm. me extra compensation or whatever going on in my life trumps this. No, you can expect me to work between 10 and eight, 10 and two, whatever the case may be. Those are what my boundaries are. Say you're in a relationship and your person doesn't want to commit. Well, you don't want to commit. Then we're not being physical. You know, Mm -hmm. what are your personal boundaries? You know, maybe you have friends who just call you and dump on you all day, their problems, you know, they just want to vent and treat you like a verbal trash can. But the moment you need, you know what I mean? But the moment you need support, (laughs) but the moment you need help or support, they're nowhere to be seen. They don't, they can't be bothered. 
you know, are those, are you having one way relationships, you know? And it's like, communicate the boundary, but then before, but then after that, which is that the actual hardest part, implement it, have consequences, Mm -hmm. not two parts, two parts, not punishing the person, but having a consequence for their action. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So I've communicated to you that we're not going to be in a relationship a physical relationship, unless you're ready to commit. So when they come mm-hmm. back, trying to do a, a 2 a.m. you up call or a can I come over call, <laughs> the consequence of that is I'm not responding. You don't get my right. energy. You can't come over. You know, whatever, whatever the case may be, you're implementing that boundary because boundaries are meaningless unless you implement them. Because you can yes. talk to your blue in the face, but if there's no action behind what you're saying, it's meaningless. And then people won't take you seriously moving forward. Exactly. They'll think you're a clown. A hundred percent. And the way you get respect is by implementing the boundaries that you implement. And that's how you, which I have suffered a lot yeah. from. I totally connect to that. <laughs> Me too. And, um, and even before communicating the boundaries and then implementing the, the, the pre-work to that, And what I really had to work on was getting in tune with myself because having been codependent, I lost who I was. I wasn't clear on what my wants and needs were. What did I need? What were my boundaries? If you don't know what your boundaries are, you can't communicate them and you can't implement them. But when you're so disconnected from what you need and want in order to be happy, what, what you need and want in order to prioritize your joy in your life. You have to work on reconnecting to self. And a couple of things that I did in case anyone out there. Yes, is... <laughs> I was just going to ask, how can you avoid this yes. and be? Yeah. yeah, so a couple of things I started to do was like, I always heard meditate, meditate, but I was kind of like, eh, I don't want to meditate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I kind of was like, whatever. You're not the only one who says <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, but when I actually got to the point where I was really ready to change and I was really ready mm-hmm. to grow and I was really ready to take ownership for of my own life and happiness, I started meditating. And that was a game changer because when you meditate, you and, – and, and just as some people think, oh, I can't stop my thoughts. I can't quiet my mind. That's not the point. The point of meditation Mm -hmm. is to get still and to observe your thoughts so you can realize that you are the observer of your thoughts. You are not your thoughts. And if you are able to observe your thoughts, then you're able to control them. Then when you have a negative thought that comes up, you can say, okay, you're a negative thought. I dismiss you. I choose to think this instead. That way you can control your mind, you can control your emotions, and you realize that you are greater than your thoughts. Because a lot of times suffering and and torment happens in the mind not even in reality mm-hmm. you're just replaying a Correct. negative thing you're anxious about something that may or may not happen which usually never does and you're sitting here suffering and being tormented and you're doing it to yourself in your head so meditation gives you perspective on the thoughts that you're thinking and it gives you control so you can you're so you're able to regulate yourself and it also connects you back to your own intuition so you can say what is it that I feel what is it that I want and need you know what voice am I listening to is this my true inner voice that's guiding me for what's the best thing for me or is it a voice that I picked up along the way 
Is it a self-limiting belief that I picked up along the way that's not even really mine? And when you get really clear on who you are, then you're able to show up that way in the world. Then you're being like, well, I know my worth. I love myself. I know what I want and need. You cannot treat me that way. Point blank, period. Beautiful. But you have yes. to get to the place where you are so clear on you that people know how they can treat you and how they can't treat you. It goes back to conditioning. If you're not clear on you and you're not clear on your boundaries, of course people are going to take advantage of that. It's not that people are bad or mean, but people operate from a place of self-interest. Oh, this girl lets me do whatever I want. Why not? <laughs> exactly. You know? But if like, oh, this girl has boundaries. She respects herself. She, she, there's consequences to my actions. Oh, okay. I know how to act. And that's a great test to find out if someone is a true person in your life. If you exactly. put your foot down and you set your boundaries and they get defensive and they distance themselves away from you, they're not supposed to be in your life. So, a hundred percent. That's a very quick way. The moment you say no to someone, that is the mm-hmm. quickest way to reveal who they are. The quickest way, because every, everybody's your friend if you say yes. Everybody loves you when you say yes, but when you say no, that's a different story. And really owning that power and having that voice. So I would definitely say meditate. Another another Mm -hmm. tool is journaling. Get get your thoughts out. Again, it's about detaching from it and getting perspective on it. Get your thoughts out. You know, like write down thoughts you continuously think on a pattern, feelings you have Mm -hmm. that you have. Write it down. See if you can see what themes are coming up for yourself. If you're in a bad mood and you don't know why, journal. Just write, I'm in a bad mood. Inner guide, show me why. And just free flow. Mm. Just write what comes to you. Or I keep having this problem or this happens. Write it out. Get it out of you so you can get detached from it and you can get perspective on it. And that way you can heal it and that way you can change it. But you can't heal what you do not see. So you have to get it out of you. So definitely journaling. I definitely think a relationship with either um, a therapist, a spiritual mm-hmm. person in your life, um, a counselor, coach. a coach, a life coach, you know, whatever your comfort level is, because you can only do so much on your own. And mm-hmm. as human beings, we naturally need connection and community and relationship. So having a relationship with a professional person or a person who is, you know, licensed or whatever in, in their field, it could be a spiritual guide. It could be a therapist, whatever it is. Having a relationship with that person can only help you because they're going to be objective. They're going to, they're going to see things you don't see. They're going to have tools that they can give you. They can be a sounding board um, mm-hmm. and they can just be a form of support to guide you through your journey. And I say, go now. I think every person on this planet needs a relationship with someone like that to get them through it. hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's always like prevention is always better than, tr- than, than trying to treat so if you're not exactly. having a, any type of crisis in your life, hey, this is the best time to go. Say, hey, I'm not having a particular crisis, but I don't know, maybe I just want to explore more about myself, learn more about my things, get, mm-hmm. a base, get a baseline going. So then when something happens in your life, you are already equipped to deal with it. 
So you are able to right. prevent the crisis. If you're working on your communication skills and then something comes up where in the past, maybe it would have blown up. Now it's not going to blow up. You know, maybe in the, in the past, you would have yeah. wanted to be in a relationship with someone and you would have ignored the red flags. But now that you've been working on your self-esteem and your confidence and your self-worth, you see a red flag, you're going the other way. So you're avoiding that toxic relationship that maybe in the past you would have gotten into, not because you were in one, but because you did the work to prevent getting into one. So... Exactly. And then if you are in crisis in your life, and crisis could be anything, a traumatic experience happened, um, a loss, just feeling depressed or anxious or, you know, whatever it is, especially now with like COVID and the pandemic, everybody Mm -hmm. is being pressed to their mental, emotional, physical, spiritual limits. This is a universal test that we are going through. So I think everyone right now really needs to be mindful and intentional about taking care of themselves, taking care of their energy, taking care of their space, and really being with people who you can really trust to be a safe space for you. Because right now, more than ever, everything is coming up and everything is being tested. So I would definitely say we are in a global crisis. And I think regardless of where you are in your life, on some base level, we are all in crisis with what is going on right now. Oh, yeah. So we're all waking up. Exactly. Exactly. We are all waking up. We should switch the negative and we should make it into a positive. Even though it's really difficult, it's actually amazing because we're waking up and we're reaching different dimensions that we never thought we would reach. And it's the time to really grow. Exactly. And it's almost like... um. I always like to use the analogy of like giving birth, you know, you're birth, you're birthing mm-hmm. something new, but you have to go through those birthing pains. So, it, so, oh, yeah. yeah so that. it's like, we're birthing a new level of consciousness. We're birthing a new awakening, but with the birth of that comes the, the pain of it. You know, you, there's always that darkness before dawn. There's always, you know, the seed is in the, the dirt before it becomes the flower. You know, there's always, that incubation there's always that incubation period of being in the dark of being in the pain but it's continuously to work through it to know that this is in service of something greater than then you're able to birth that new level of awareness that new level of consciousness that new level of awakening that new level of connectivity that you have You know, and I think that it's happening on a global scale. So if it's happening on a global scale, then we're having global pains. But I do see the light. And I think that we're we're ushering into a higher dimension for all of us, which is really, really exciting. It is. It's so exciting. Quick thought. Do you think entrepreneurs are more at risk at being codependent? Do you feel like you've spoken to more entrepreneurs who have like gone through this? Oof. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't. Or am I really generalizing? No, I don't th- I, I don't know you're necessarily generalizing, no, I generalizing. I don't know if more entrepreneurs are, are codependent. I think, I think what it is, is that maybe a lot of entrepreneurs are empathic because we're so, because we're yes, so, because we're so um, creative. It. We have ideas, we have, creativ- we have creativity, we can feel other people's wants and needs, which makes us entrepreneurs yes. because it, then we want our products and services to answer that need, right? We're all creating things to add value 
to somebody else's life. So I think that we're more empathic. And I think codependency and empathy a lot of times go hand in hand because we feel so much. Like I know for me personally, growing up, I was very, very codependent on my mother to the point where like Mm -hmm. I felt her feelings. I felt whatever happened to my mom, I felt literally physically, emotionally, as if it were, as if it were happening to me. That's one of your soulmates, your mom. And then then therefore I felt, but the, yes. And that's the beauty of it. (laughs) But then the, but then the other side of it, therefore I felt responsible for it. Yes. And, I, and God, there's exactly, a difference. you have to know the difference. And then, and as a child, when you feel responsible for the well-being of your parents, that's that is what Oof. causes that bond. That that's what causes the bond, and that's what um, an unhealthy bond. And that's also what causes mm-hmm. the codependency. Because if I'm getting my feelings and my well-being from you, that means my feeling and well-being and well-being is dependent on you rather than yes. learning that my well-being and my and my worth and my value is dependent on me intrinsically. So then as a codependent person, you have to learn how to individuate. You have to learn how to separate and then become your own person with your own wants, needs, value-based system on your own, independent, individualized of anything else. That's, that's the code. Right. So the codependent person gets their identity sense of self worth value out of what they're doing and providing for other Mm -hmm. so what would you say Mm -hmm. to somebody who let's say you're coaching somebody and they're like my partner is codependent what do I do I'm really confused what would you say they're saying that their partner is codependent on them Yes. yes okay so for that I would say First thing I would get into couples therapy and also, Mm -hmm. and also individual therapy when it comes to couples and therapy, I think it's really, really important for each person, if not the codependent person, definitely. And then, and then if you want to do more so both to have their own individual Mm -hmm. therapist that is just for them. And then, the, and then right. I think you should have a separate couples therapist that is for the couple, because sometimes, especially okay. you don't want those lines to get blurred because you want the intention of the therapist to be to help the codependent person. Right. And then you want the couples therapist individual uh, intention to be help you as a couple. Right. So that's Correct. the first yeah. thing I would do is get into therapy individually and then get into therapy as a couple. After that, I mm-hmm. would um, be curious. Come to your mm-hmm. come to your partner with curiosity, and be like, "Hey, you know, when did you first learn, or when did you first believe or think that um, you couldn't say no? What, like, what, 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 mm. what um, experience did you have that taught you that you weren't allowed to say no?" You know, and then ask them, you know, what, like what experience or what happened to you where you felt that your needs and wants didn't matter? You know, what happened to you where you felt, go Go to to the the root root. cause, where you felt that, um, you know, um, you weren't being seen or heard or that you felt invisible or like, when did you learn that other people mattered more than you did? You know, like be curious, create, and then create a safe space 
don't judge, don't criticize. And also remember your job as their partner is to support them not to fix them right. so don't go to it with we're gonna find a solution to this and we're gonna figure this out no you're it's not your job oh, man, to yeah. fix them it's your job to support them and you're gonna say hey we're gonna go to therapy together we're gonna get the support you need mm-hmm. I'm curious as to like what happened I'm here to listen a lot of times codependent people don't feel seen or heard so that listening could just be a big thing have um, a pact with your person and say, hey, you know, um, when you feel I don't hear you or when you feel I don't hear you um, or see you, can you lovingly let me know? Loving, lovingly mm, love communicate that. it to me because a lot of times, as I, and I know for me, you know, um, in relationships and in friendships, I wasn't communicating what my needs and wants were because my underlying belief was that they don't matter. And that they won't, right. and that they won't get met. So if I believe that my needs and wants don't matter, and they won't get, it won't get met, there is no way I can communicate what they are. So until you're able right. to get to the place to know my needs and want matters, and I know I can get them met, then you're able to communicate what they are in a healthy way to your people in your life. So have a pact with your person. Let me know when you're feeling mm-hmm. this way. Also, I would say I wouldn't say this to your partner directly. I would just do I would just do it on your own. This portion of it, start deferring decisions to them. That's another big thing with codependent people. Uh, Oh, I like that. I was thinking something along those lines. Like you have to also create like a separate like separate identities, like encourage guys night outs, girls night outs, like make sure that they have their own separate Mm -hmm. hobbies, interests, just to increase their frequency and their vibration that's also and also to to let them establish themselves as their own individual person so they're not getting their identity value and worth based on the relationship hello oh yeah Yeah, they're getting their um identity value and worth based on themselves Mm -hmm. so you want them to become an individual person it should be two individuals in one relationship yes you know, so you want that person to have their own friends, their own hobbies, their own interests. Yes, create their own individual life and identity. And then also um, defer decisions to them. So a lot of times with codependent people, we say, oh, it doesn't matter whatever you want. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. It's very um, easy breezy. Go with the flow. Don't really have no, an opinion on things. That. Don't want that. You know, God forbid we have an opinion. So, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so start. Um, and you don't have to tell them you're doing it. Just do it. Start deferring things. Like, oh, honey, what do you want for dinner tonight? You pick. Oh, sweetheart, what do you want to watch on Netflix tonight? You pick. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do, let's do that. Start, def- start, like, make sure that they're making some of the decisions. Because if they're with someone who, again, is conditioning, always just defaults to what you want, you as a person is like, cool, I'm getting everything I want. We're good. But you have to realize for that person, even mm-hmm. though they're not communicating it to you, that will build resentment. Oh, yeah. Because even though that Hello. person isn't communicating it to you verbally, 
in the back of their mind, they're thinking, I always do what you want. Mm -hmm. I always say yes to you. And when something comes up, they're going to be like, well, how come you never do what I want? How come you never say no to me? Why couldn't you do that for me? And it all will come out as this big thing because they have this built up resentment where they think you're supposed to just know. So true. So start deferring decisions to them get into therapy to work on communication and then do check-ins Just be like, mm-hmm. Hey babe, you know, I, I want to check in, you know, we're doing this, this and that. I really want to make sure that you're on board with this. I really want your input too. I really want to make sure that we're making these decisions and doing things together and then hold that person accountable. So if you've been doing checking in, you're asking them questions and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I never really wanted that. I never really liked that. Say, okay, but we had that conversation and you said you did. So you need to do the work and you need to start being honest and you need to start communicating and say to them in a loving way, I am not going to leave because the root of it all, the Mm -hmm. true root, it's the abandonment wound. We feel that we will be abandoned. We feel that you're going to leave me. You're not going to want me. You're going to walk away. That is the root cause So it's like, as long as I say yes, as long as I provide, as long as I give, you'll see my worth and value and you won't leave me. That's really what the root cause is. You don't want to be abandoned. So when you look at your partner, you can say, I love you. I am Mm -hmm. here for you. I am supporting you. I am not going to leave you. I am not going to abandon you, but I need you to talk to me. Yes. Encourage communication. Encourage communication because they're not the codependent person isn't doing it on purpose they're doing it out of fear Mm -hmm. it's I don't want to lose your love I don't want to lose you I don't want to be abandoned and I am so scared that if I require anything from you that you will leave me and that is what the root cause of it is so you have to really get your person to feel secure enough in the relationship, secure enough in themselves and secure enough in you that they can show up as their authentic self with their own individual wants and needs and that you will not leave them. And then the individual therapy works on the, gets the root of even if this person does leave, I am still okay. I'm going to be okay. I am still worthy of love. Yeah. I am still valuable. I am still deserving. I am still um, loving. I am still, I still deserve respect and all of these great things. This person's decision or opinion does not reflect my intrinsic value. So that's why that your codependent person needs to do the individual work because the individual work will get them to a place of, I know who I am. I know what I want and need. I'm communicating with my partner. And even if this doesn't work out, mm-hmm. I'm still good. I yes. still have me. So that's why you work on it as a couple. And that's why you work it as an, on an individual because sometimes things don't work out. And if it just doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that you're not worthy. It doesn't mean you're less than. It doesn't mean you're not lovable. It doesn't mean that everyone will always leave you. It just means this particular relationship didn't work out and that is okay. You learn, you heal, you move on. And someone's better out there for you. There's something better out there. A hundred percent. That's what we have to think. Leads me to the next thing. Well, you just all you just discussed things that 
would would pertain to self-care right Mm -hmm. so yeah what does self-care mean to you yes so first I will say I will say the difference between self-love and self-care because I Mm -hmm. think sometimes people use it interchangeably but they are they're related but they're two different things so self-love is the relationship that you have with yourself Mm -hmm. it's showing yourself compassion grace forgiveness friendship kindness love it is having a loving relationship to yourself you don't call yourself stupid you don't call yourself names you don't put yourself last on the priority list it's making your own well-being your first and best priority because you love and honor and respect yourself so that's what self-love is it's being compassionate and forgiving and graceful to yourself we freely give it to everybody else and we forget to give it to ourselves so that's what self-love is it's looking in the mirror and saying i got you girl i Mm -hmm. love you i promise to work in your best interest at all times that's what self-love is yes self-care is the practices the, the tools and the tips that we use to create, cultivate, and foster that loving relationship with yourself. So self-care is the meditation. It's the journaling. It's the creating healthy boundaries. It's going to therapy. It's asking for support. It's um, cultivating good friendships. It's cultivating listening to my podcast <laughs> listening it's listening to the it's listening to the podcast exactly it's, it's listening to um to podcasts that um you know elevate you it's, it's educating yourself it's empowering yourself yeah. um it's having a really healthy um self-talk self-talk mm-hmm. is the biggest thing the the one person that you will talk to the most in this world is yourself make sure that conversation is loving and power and empowering and and speak life to yourself all the time. It's, it's, it's doing all of those things. It's connecting to nature. It's eating healthy. Mm-hmm. It's drinking water. You know, it's um, having some type of creative outlet, whether it's like painting or dancing or a sport, uh, whatever it is. So self-care is just the tools and the practices, the thoughts and the beliefs and the, the insights that you use to cultivate a loving relationship to yourself because when you're doing all those things you are cultivating that loving relationship when you meditate when you meditate you're getting discernment you're you're connecting to self you're going to intuition you're going to connect it to who the true essence of who you are when you're journaling you're, you're detaching from your thoughts you're getting it all out you're getting some perspective when you're creating healthy boundaries you're not just getting respect from other people but you're showing yourself that you respect you because all relationships flow from the relationship you have with you when you so respect true. yourself, other people respect you. When you love yourself, yeah. other people love you. You know, so it's really just getting to that place of I love myself. Mm-hmm. I respect myself. I value myself and I know my worth. And yeah. therefore, every relationship I have will operate from a place of I know exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Point blank, period. So self-care, it's just the tools and the practices that resonate with you that helps you cultivate that relationship because all relationships require a certain level of, um, 
of, of, of work and, and, and all that yeah. stuff, you know, it's getting in tune with you. So that to me is really what self-care is just the tools and the practices that resonate with you that cultivates a loving, a loving relationship that you have with yourself. That was great. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Where can everyone find you and contact you? Listen to your podcast. Yeah. So my podcast is Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And you can find that on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Uh, really, wherever you listen to podcasts, it should be there. Um, also, you can head over to my website, which is candywashington.com. And that has links to everything that I do, definitely join me on Instagram at Candy Washington. Uh, feel free to DM me. And if you want to connect with me personally, you can email me at info at candywashington.com. I read all my emails. So feel free to connect with me there. Great. Thank you so much, Candy. I had yeah. so much fun with you. Oh, you're welcome. Likewise. Take care. You too.